you doing, everybody? Welcome to Girl, How'd You Get That Gig? It's our 12th episode. Let's just take a minute to, yay. Hey. Balloons, come on. I know, confetti. I know. I want your confetti, <laughs> Celeste. You're so good at that. Along with my co-host, Celeste Gehring, I am Amy G, and we are very excited to introduce you to guest of episode number 12. It is Taylor Turner, and she is the Assistant Sports Media Relations Manager at Loyola Marymount University, LMU. Yes. Thank you, my dear, for coming aboard. Of course, of course. I know that title is a, it's a mouthful. Sometimes I just tell people, media relations manager, because it's so long. Yeah, I just but it a little bit. It's kind of boss like, though, you know? It is boss like. I'm just saying. Start saying the same, the whole thing. Yep. Make people say <laughs> the whole thing. You earned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Taylor, before we get started and tuning into your career path, we'd love to play a game we call Girl Gig Quick Pick, where we Ooh. test your trivia knowledge okay. and get to know you a little bit better. And everyone, because Taylor is from La La Land, we are going to start with some trivia and questions from the City of Angels. Ready to play? Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. Hopefully, (laughs) the answers. (laughs) Okay, LA is the only city in North America that has hosted the Olympics how many times? This is a tough Mm. one, right out of the gate. I'm like gonna tough, say, really. the I know you do. You like the tough ones. I didn't know the answer to this yet. Oh, that's a good guess. Two, soon to be three, but two. Okay, yeah. Yeah. There, uh, okay. Next question for you, my dear, is if you visit Hollywood, so let's mm-hmm. say you don't live there, but you're going to visit okay. there or say you get a day to go do something fun and you're going to go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. What star would you go visit first? Hmm. Well, there's so many people that are on the on I know Walk of Fame, but I do know recently, and I get this from my dad because my dad is super into funk and funk music. But uh, George Clinton, he yeah, his star. So I would actually go see his and probably take a picture and send it to my dad. Perfect. I <laughs> love that. That's love what I would that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Taylor. We know you're Houston born and raised, but you have to pick an LA team. Mm-hmm. Who would okay. you pick between the Dodgers, Lakers, Kings, Rams, or Chargers? Ooh. Probably because I'm slightly loyal to the Chargers. I did work with them for a season. Uh no, two seasons. So I would have to say the Chargers. And they have a good, they have a good team. Well, last year and the year before yeah. when I was there. I'm just glad she didn't say the Dodgers. I'd have to go right no, now. <laughs> I'm, te- I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm an Astros girl. Yeah. Oh, Dusty Baker. That I must know. have been tough though during the whole trash can cheating situation. I know. All, it was. It tough. was tough. That was tough. saying that we cheated. But I was like, I don't think. I don't think we should. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> there, this could go down a rabbit hole, really. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, she's faithful. She's faithful. <laughs> All right. Last question. So okay. you've been in California for a little while now, and you may have experienced some of the North, Northern California, Southern California differences and dislikes mm-hmm. of each part of the state from the loyal people that live in those parts of the state. So, mm-hmm. Northern California folks like myself say, hella, man, that's hella good, mm-hmm. hella bad. Southern yeah. California folks don't like it. And they they say, totally, totally. What do mm-hmm. you, what would you go to? I know you're Texas and probably say 
bless your heart. No, no, we know what that means too. We'll probably get to this. I've moved around a lot. So I actually used to live in Sacramento. I did um, elementary and middle school. So hella, I say that a lot. Yeah. Just because that's what, that's yeah. what I was used to. Then I moved to Texas and people are like, I can tell you just moved here from California because we all say that. I was like, yep. oh, well. You say y'all. Say. Yeah. yeah. I went to UC Davis, so I know Sacramento well. Yes. Yeah. That's a good school. Yeah. It, is, it school. is a good school. Yeah. All right. What do you think, Celeste? Let's get into it. Let's get into the interview. Let's do uh, it. What exactly is your job as the assistant sports media relations? manager the mouthful of your title what exactly is it so it's media relations communications I am the basically the middleman for all my sports that I have um let's see let's do it by the by seasons I have women's volleyball women's basketball women's tennis men and women's rowing and softball so what I do for them is everything you see on the website, updating their headshots, their um, their bios, making sure at the end of every game I'm posting the file of the box scores. I write stories as well, so the game recaps. Um, and then when it comes to interviews, whenever anybody wants to interview the players or interview the coaches, they usually, they should know to go through me first, just so that I can know <laughs> yes. what it is that, you know, that they're going to be talking about. Um, and I can just have it on my schedule. And sometimes they'll go straight to the player or to the coach, but then they'll tell me they're like, Hey, right. I have this person reaching out who wants to do an interview. Is that okay? Like, can we talk about this and this, Like, can we not talk about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I do as far as like not on game days. And then on game days, I, so we don't have a social media team at LMU. So I run our social as well for my teams. So I'll post our in-game graphics, our scores, just to keep the, keep the followers updated since if they're not there, Um, as well as um, a little bit of operations, I could say as well. When on game days, I have to set up our stats computer and um, just what else? Little, just little things, I guess, little operation things like that. But every day is different. It's not all the same. It depends on what's going on, how many games we have, uh, if there's media day, mm-hmm. pictures. It's just, it's a lot, but it's fun. I and like side- oh, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, and I also travel. So I have one travel sport, which is women's basketball. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how I met Celeste. I was mm-hmm. traveling and uh, we were at St. Mary's, right? University of the Pacific. Pacific. It was that trip. <laughs> it was that trip. Yeah. So we yeah. just played both uh, both teams. And so, yeah, so I've traveled with the women's basketball team. And that's really, really nice because I get to like bond with the players and with the coaches and build like that relationship where they feel like they can trust me with um, really just anything. Mm-hmm. And they know that if I come to them with an interview request, it's not going to be anything like fugazi. It'll be like a legit um, good opportunity, you know? Yeah. And sidebar on that. And that's what I was trying to jump in and talk about 
is, you know, Amy and I talk about this all the time. There are women in the industry and then there are ballers in the industry. And what I loved about you, Taylor, is there are so few sports information directors who come and check in with the broadcasters. So being an analyst for Pacific, you know, it was so great, Amy, because Taylor came over. She went over the pronunciation of the players to make sure right. we had them down. Um, she was like, you know, I'll handwrite you a note if anybody is like breaking, you know, their, they have their season high or career high. Um, she was just all over it. And there has been only one other SID since I've done this job who's come and done that. So there are like yeah. the professional ballers and there are just people that are in the industry. And so right. I was just like, we got to have on Taylor. We just oh, have to have you. her on. Yes. No, you were just so easy to talk to. And then we also had a mutual friend. So I was like, you know what? Yes, I'll do it. She's yeah. nice. mm-hmm. Well, and I don't, I, you may have already said it, but in case anybody doesn't know SID, it's a sports information director. Yes. And so Taylor probably serves uh, as that on the road and um, in multiple instances. So it is not surprising at all, all of the things you listed to me that you have to do, especially because you're at the college level. And and for the folks listening and watching, a lot of times it is a a for lack of a better term, a one-man band, right? A Mm -hmm. one-woman band in your case at the college level, high school level. And then when you get to the professional level, the the team starts to expand a little bit. But with that said, you are learning so many different Mm -hmm. things, which will help you carve out your path as you, as you grow, what do you enjoy most about where you're at right now? And what do you feel is the most challenging part of what you're doing? Mm -hmm. So let's see where I'm at right now. You kind of mentioned it, just being able to learn a little bit of everything Mm. Um, at first, because I I have, I have experience working in in communications, but it had been like part-time game day staff for like the, um, the Clippers and the Chargers and back home with the Texans. I never worked full-time. So I learned so much my first year being at LMU, because it's only my second year. And I used to, I used to complain about like, why am I doing all this? Like I signed up to be communications and why am I trying to do a social and all this yeah, stuff? Yeah, the technical side. and Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. at first, but then now I'm like, you know what? That actually makes me a good candidate for like whatever I want to do in the future. Like I can, I can do this. I can do that. So I think that's something that I, um, that I've learned and that I've truly enjoyed is just being able to learn the new things that I didn't know how to do. And I also learned a lot of new sports. I'm a basketball girly. Basketball has all like has been life, ball is life. I did play soccer growing up and a little bit of taekwondo. But the mm. sports that I um are I'm responsible over, a lot of them I've never um even like I've never went to a volleyball game in high school or in college. Never went to a softball game. Isn't volleyball game. awesome? It is so fun. It is like volleyball. So fun. I, I learned. Volleyball. You played volleyball? <laughs> I played volleyball. Yeah. What uh, what position? Outside hitter. Okay. Yeah. So like, I didn't know anything. So I had to learn what an outside hitter was, what a libero. A million was. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's how long ago it was, Taylor. We didn't have a libero. Like the game has evolved since I played. <laughs> yes. But yes. So this also is being able to learn about new sports and like growing. I had no idea anything. Right. About. Yeah. And um. I was up and honest with the coaches, like, hey, you know, I don't know much about this sport, but I want to learn. So if you can Ugh. teach me and just tell me what start, like verbiage, especially like when I'm writing the game recap or, or match um, recaps, right? I want to be able to use the right verbiage 
and I, you know, didn't know anything, but now I do. I know what a um, coxswain, yes, coxswain is, yes, yeah. and a novice. Mm -hmm. um, but then back to the original question, you said, um, "What is what do you enjoy most? What what's the most challenging part? The most challenging for me, probably just because I'm new to this, the hours." Mm -hmm. um, when I graduated college, I worked as the regular like nine to five school or job. And so I went to work at nine. I was done at five. Nobody talked to me on the weekends. And then I was just back on Monday. Whereas mm -hmm. this job, sports does not sleep. No. Sports does not sleep at all. So there's times when I get calls from coaches or text messages and it's after hours. Mm -hmm. And I have to respond or something mm -hmm. happens. I need to post a story or I need to post on social um, and then also we don't have breaks like everybody else at the university does. Um, so during Christmas break or winter break, we had games. Yes. And during Thanksgiving, you know, like during that yeah. time we had games last year, we had a Thanksgiving tournament. And so we were working during those times when everybody else at the university is, is off at home chilling. <laughs> we're still in the mix. Having turkey. Yeah. yeah. Right. We're in the mix, getting it done. But um, but it's but it's worth this. It. It's, it's fun. It's I think fun. I think that's a really hard part of being in sports is what you miss out on socially, because like you mentioned, there there and now especially there aren't really off seasons to mm -hmm. anything. So even though college basketball may be over, maybe you're on a coaching search or they're recruiting or they're giving tours or, you know, there's always something happening even in the off season and it is hard. And, and your family has to be really patient with you missing out on stuff or like come to you mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving, you know, some changes yeah. to be made. Yeah. And sometimes Look, that's the best experience too, though. When I played basketball mm -hmm. LSU, uh, just not being able to go home because Idaho was too far away. I got to try turducken and all these amazing foods because, you know, I went to LSU. So we <laughs> had mm -hmm. like that Southern cooking that was so good. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, it really helped the team bond, but yeah, oh, there's, mm -hmm. there's definitely pros and cons to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, speaking of bonding stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And speaking of the South Taylor, you know, Friday night lights is just a huge thing. And unless you go mm -hmm. to the South and experience a college football game or a high school football game, like, I don't think you comprehend, you know, oh. Friday night lights, like you just oh. don't get it. And I find it fascinating. You grew up, you know, playing basketball and doing Taekwondo, mm -hmm. but did mm -hmm. you go to a lot of football games? Did you? I sure did. In high school I did. And then in college, I went to Texas A&M. Mm -hmm. So that was a big Football school, well, big universities in general, but then football. And I was there when Johnny Manziel was there. Mm -hmm. so I was um, able to watch many of his games when he won Heisman. I I, was, I remember when he won the Heisman. It was my sophomore year, I think. My freshman or sophomore year. And I just remember when they announced his name, I ran down the hall and I'm just screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Our guy. So I like I bleed maroon. I, I loved my college time and just all, everything there. The football team was amazing. We had a good basketball team. My brother played basketball at AM while I was there. Oh, how fun. So I was cool. able to watch all his games, which was lovely because he, at first he played at UW. And so I wasn't able to go to Seattle from Houston. And then when he decided to transfer, it was between Baylor and Texas A&M. 
mm-hmm. and he chose AM. And I think that's probably a reason why I ended up going to AM too, just so I could be with my brother. But. Okay. So you already you jumped me because I was curious, like around here, you know, there's a lot of schools in California to go to, mm-hmm. but it's becoming much more popular to go out of state. So was Texas AM always on your radar, kind of being from that state? And then mm-hmm. so you know, was it your brother going that made you decide to go? And then will you expand a little bit on what you decided to major in? Yeah. So I didn't know. I moved to Houston my freshman year of high school. My dad, he's at, my dad's actually an NBA coach. Oh. And so we had to travel with him growing up. And so because of that, I've um, had to get up and move to Texas. I've, I was born in Dallas, but didn't live here long enough to like claim Dallas. Then we bounced around a lot and ended up back in Texas. So my freshman year, when I got to high school, I've never even heard of Texas A&M. Coming from California, all I knew was Pac-12 at the time when it was 12 of them. Now, now it's I don't even know. Pac-2. Oh, yeah, just the Pac. It's <laughs> the Pac now. Um, but yeah, all I knew was like the Pac-12 schools. Then I moved to Texas and then started learning about college admissions and how I think it's, yeah, it's cheaper if you're an in-state resident because mm-hmm. I wanted to get back to California so bad. I was like, I want to go back. My friends are back there. But now I love Houston and like all my friends are just like in Texas. But um, I didn't, I didn't want to go to a and because I didn't know what it was at first. But then um, once I started learning more about A&M and then learn about Texas, like University of Texas, and then I learned about Baylor. Um and then I started learning about smaller schools within Texas, like Lamar mm-hmm. University mm-hmm. and um, University of Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say we did, I, I never met with a college advisor, mm. which if there's any like high schoolers listening to your podcast, let them know to meet with the college advisor. That's so important. And that's what I did when I first graduated um, A&M, but I can mm-hmm. talk about that later. But um if somebody had told me like, oh, you can get into this school with this GPA and this mm. um, uh, SAT score, then, you know, go here. But I didn't know that. So I'm applying to all these schools and not getting any uh, like acceptance letters. I was like, what's going on? I know I'm yeah. smart. Like, I just made A's and B's on my report yeah. card. Yeah. Um, and so when my brother decided that he wanted to transfer, I went with him. It was me, my mom, and my dad. We all went with him to his visits. So we went with him to uh, to Baylor and at A and M, and then um, just seeing both of those campuses, I was like, "Oh, these are beautiful schools." And when I when I went to A and M, I was talking to some of the coaches and just mentioned, "I was like, hey, you know, like I'm a senior or no junior in, in high school, and." Just kind of looking at colleges and they're like, well, if you want to go to AM, like we could put you in contact with like some um, like advisors that can probably like, can help you. So I think that was probably another decision on or another reason why I ended up wanting to go to AM because I had people willing to help me. Sure. Um, help me get there. Yeah. And so I ended up transferring to AM. I went to a junior college for a year mm-hmm. and transferred. But I want to say my brother, that was a, I'd say that was a big reason just to also be with him and watch him, him his basketball. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think that path too of a junior college 
it is very helpful if there's a very specific four-year college you're trying to target and it's hard mm -hmm. to get into. Can we just really quickly talk about the nugget that Taylor just dropped that her dad's mm -hmm. an NBA oh, coach? Yep. <laughs> and a shame on us that we didn't do our research. So That's okay. I didn't say anything. Who's your dad and what <laughs> what team does he coach? Oh, my dad's name is Elston. His name is Elston Turner. Right now he's with the Wolves. Ooh, Minnesota. 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 Yeah, this is third season. Third season with them. He's been a, a an assistant coach, longtime assistant coach, my whole life. So he so in Sacramento was he with the Kings? Mm -hmm. And then before that, it was Portland. So uh, oh, I was at cool. Dallas, then moved around a little bit. Ended up in Portland. That's where he got his first um, his first uh, NBA job, assistant coach. Mm -hmm. And he was there for a couple of years. Then he went to Sacramento, then to Houston. And both, I thought when he was in SAC, that was when they were soup. They were like the best. We had like Chris Weber and yeah, mm -hmm. they weren't good oh, until yeah. last year again. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bam. So exactly. So he yes. went from SAC then to Houston, which is what brought us to Houston, and then Phoenix, Memphis, oh. back to SAC. Back to Houston and now he's in Minnesota. But luckily, I graduated already. Like I didn't have to travel after Houston. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But my parents, they're not with. They were weren't with like splitting up. Like my brother, he's older than me. He wanted to stay in Sacramento because he had one more year of high school left, and he was just, like begging my parents if he could just stay in Sacramento instead of getting up and move to Houston. But my parents were like, no, like, not gonna happen. We're all moving, so we all moved to Houston. But then my senior year. They actually let go of the coaching staff in Houston. Oh. And so my dad ended up going to, to Phoenix, but I had already graduated. Yeah. So if I didn't graduate, then I would have had to do the same thing as my brother and just got mm -hmm. up and had to move to Phoenix for my mm -hmm. last year of uh, high school. And, you know, I probably wouldn't have went to Texas A&M. I probably would have stayed in uh, Arizona somewhere. There's so many... Oh my gosh, this just opened up a can of worms, but uh, that I'm not supposed to go down because I tend to do that, Taylor. I get <laughs> no, off topic, but okay. go for it. I, I think it's so fascinating. A really good friend of mine uh, back in the day, her dad was a coach for the Raiders. And so a very similar path, like you, you know, moved around a lot. He coached for the Chiefs, the Raiders, uh, the Saints. So she had been everywhere. And, and they decided when she got into high school, the mom and, and my friend were going to stay no matter where he got a job at that point. Cause they wanted her to just be in one high school. Yeah. Uh, but how do you feel? I have so many questions now, but how do you feel all of that moving around and having to adapt and adjust and transform quickly mm -hmm. into a new environment helped you at LMU with a sport you weren't really familiar with and people that you didn't really know. Cause it mm -hmm. seems like you can just like, that would be really helpful. And it was because all the cities were different. Mm -hmm. uh, Portland. I know like my brother and I, when we were in elementary school, I think my brother and I, we were the only two like black people in our elementary school. And then when we moved to, um, to Sacramento, you know, there's a little bit more, but there was, there was a not, lot. not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. And I, I live in Roseville. I don't know if you've ever been to Roseville. Yeah, I know Roseville very well. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So it was like that. And then we moved to Houston where Houston is a very diverse melting pot of all cultures. Yep. There was a lot of everybody at my high school. Yep. So I definitely think growing up, 
and in the situation I was in and going to all those cities definitely helps with the person I am now. Like Mm -hmm. I get along with all kinds of people. I'm very diverse. I have a diverse group of friends, um, all ethnicities, all sexualities, like just, yeah, I just love everybody. Yeah. Because, um, because of just how I grew up Mm -hmm. and it definitely helps with, um, at LMU as well. Um, just quickly learning how to, um, I guess adapt even when it comes to just learning, like you said, different sports that I didn't know, but Mm -hmm. I I know that I am a quick learner and a quick adapter. Yeah. And you're learning to deal your whole life. You've had to deal with different personalities and, and different places that viewed you differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I just got done doing giants fan fest in Sacramento at the river cat stadium. And I, and and dusty Baker is back with the giants. Of course he had Houston for several years, Mm -hmm. took you guys to a world series and won. and dusty always tells me it grow because he grew up in Sacramento and he said there was two black people like in his town and it was him and his brother. <laughs> and, you know, it like yeah. you don't think about that in California. You think California is pretty diverse. And there are a lot of cities in the state that are not diverse at all or mm-hmm. they're heavy, you know, one culture and 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 ethnicity. And so I find that fascinating uh, how that moving around affected what you do and probably plays a huge role in what you do today yeah it's really interesting I wouldn't for the world like I used yeah. to like you know during it like getting up and moving it was hard because I didn't want to leave my friends yeah you're and a teenager I'm, sure yeah yeah but looking back on it now I'm like you know not everybody had this opportunity mm-hmm. like you've seen a lot cool yeah yes. like I've done a lot I've seen a lot I've met a lot of people mm-hmm. um so it's it's a blessing Okay, one more, Celeste, and then you go. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Did dad, did dad play pro? He did. Yeah. So he had got drafted by the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. might be why I was born in Dallas. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. That he, makes he, sense. My mom. <laughs> we just, we're just going to tell you, Taylor. That's why. <laughs> he met my 100%. Mom on this podcast. 100%. That's why. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he was drafted by the Mavericks, and then he ended up going to. Denver after and then went to um Chicago and he actually played with Michael for a little bit. So they're friends. Ooh. And so yeah, I met Michael nice. a couple, couple Taylor's times. just dropping what? all <laughs> Do you have I, a picture with Michael? We hang uh, out with probably, Michael Jordan. Oh my gosh. I want to see that somewhere. picture. Yeah, he was when I was in third grade, he was playing, but he was with the with the wizards at the time. Mm-hmm. I think he had already did his baseball and then came back. Um, oh, jo- or you're talking about Jordan now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. not my dad. Not my dad. Well, as soon as you said baseball, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan. But yeah, he was my Valentine in third grade. I gave oh, I bet those, those cute, you know, those Valentine things yes. that you with your friends. I put a chocolate on top, and I was like, Michael, <laughs> did he give you one back? No, but it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. He knew. I knew the love was there. Maybe he'll listen to this and, <laughs> and remember give you one. it, right? I haven't seen him in so long, but I know like if I just like, hey, I'm Elson's daughter, he will probably like. I love that. Oh, man. So crazy. Okay. (laughs) All right, Taylor, we're turning it back to you now. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, we're here. I love these stories. We're going to turn back to you, though. We want to spotlight you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What went into your decision for your major at Texas Mm -hmm. A&M? So I knew I wasn't a math 
person or like this. <laughs> that's always I'm 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 communications too and that's a, a new math <laughs> we're like one two I three. Like, one two I like, no. I like talking to people and um like growing up I did theater and so just being able to to talk to people and all that kind of stuff which is something I, I always enjoyed and so when I learned about um, communications at AM, they have communications, but then they have agricultural communications and journalism, which is what I did. So the difference was, I guess, with ag common journalism was a little more hands on. Mm. Um, I had a friend who did just regular communications, and I don't think she, they were as hands on and doing just a whole bunch of stuff like we were in the, um, in on our side. But when I chose AgCom, I didn't know that because I'm in the College of Agriculture, there's also classes within that college that I have to take. Mm-hmm. So I had to take agriculture-related classes as well. So I took animal science and horticulture. Um, what did I take? The study of bugs. I can't think what that's called. Oh, um, and, wait, and, I know this. And, oh, my uh, gosh. I know this. It's something it, ology. Entomology. 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 So there we go. So I took all those classes and, you know, during, I'm like, what does that have to do with communications? But it could be everything, you know, like if you want to work at a, at a entomology business and they need a communications director, you know, like everybody has a communications person. So learning these things, it wasn't like you weren't just learning it just, just because. Right. It could be applicable at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the same hunt at Davis because it's an ag school. Okay. Even though I was a comms major and I was under like the College of Letters and Sciences, you still had to take classes of ag just because that's what the school was Mm -hmm. was known for. Now they have viticulture. So, you know, wine classes and, um, but you're so spot on. And I think that's like a really important message for people to hear from you that you, you know, you used it in sports. But if you study communications, you can really go into any industry mm-hmm. and we concentrate on sports for sure, but you could pop out of sports at any time. So for anybody who's like in sports and they're like, well, I'm stuck. No, you're not. If you're a communications major or, or you work mm-hmm. in PR, media relations, that skill set, which we're always talking about identifying your skill set can translate to any business. Mm-hmm. All businesses need press releases. All businesses need social media. Like it's. It's, it's really smart actually to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Let's, oh, let's chat about internships because I know you did some and I fully believe in what I do as, you know, a reporter, I've been an on-camera reporter for a long time. And, mm-hmm. uh, that is a launching pad for sure into getting into television. What, where do you stand on the importance of internships and getting them and, uh, what's your recommendation about them? Yeah, uh, internships, they are super important because they help you get your foot, or not get your foot in the door, yeah. but get your feet wet. That's sure. right. Get your feet wet, <laughs> see if it is like something that you want to do or not. Like you don't want to just dive into something thinking it is like what you want to do. And it's like, this ain't it. What I thought, what I thought what it was, it was it's not. But in the internship, at least you can, you'll realize that and you can get your credit if you're in a, if you're in college. And as far as like internships, 
outside of college. So, cause I know people can still get internships after graduating. Yes. Um, I think those are important as well, just for the same reasons. Um, I know I didn't, my, I did an internship when I was in college and I had worked with when my, when my dad was in, um, in, um, what's that city in Memphis, uh, <laughs> when he was in Memphis, um, it was winter break and I was able to do an internship with them. With the Timberwolves? Um, oh no, I'm thinking Minnesota. The Grizzlies? Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. yeah the sorry. Grizzlies. My bad. Mm-hmm. M's. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of M's. I still sometimes say, uh, Memphis, but I think when it came to me and would be able to do that internship, that helped us a lot because um, I was able to keep those connections. Mm-hmm. And to this day, even though that was probably like 10 years ago, I still see some of those people because they still work uh, sure. within the organization. I was like, oh, like, thank you. Like I still just say thank you for the times that you let me work mm-hmm. there for the week. Um, but no, internships and just even... I would say part-time jobs as well. If you could, mm-hmm. if you want to work in sports, looking for a part-time job is also a good um, a good start. Mm-hmm. That's what I did because I wanted to work in sports right after I graduated um, college. But I realized very quickly that it is hard to work in sports, and I needed yes. a job. <laughs> I needed a job after <laughs> I, uh, after college. College. Mm-hmm. And so I um, ended up working at um, at a high school and just did college advising. But mm-hmm. then I ended up getting a part time job while I was still working at that school. With, but I was working at the with the Texans, mm-hmm. and then from there, that's kind of helped me transition to getting a full time job in communications. And I love that little nugget you're right. talking about with the part time job because I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there that you know, we'll say, oh, if it's not full time, I'm not going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And you learn so much from those part time gigs, where it's just mm-hmm. you're either getting your foot through the door, showing up, being responsible so that people hire you full time, or you're actually learning skill sets that will take you into a direction that you really mm-hmm. want to go in. Yeah. So I love, love, love that you said that, because I think a lot of people, again, just always want that full time job or nothing. So love that. Yeah. So yeah, piecemealing it together too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my first job in TV was part-time $8 an hour at three in the morning. And mm-hmm. I, I've told this story before, but my I thought my father was going to throw up. Like, he's like, what? I, you know, you went to four years of college and that's what you're, but I just, I was like, no, this is how it works, you know, mm-hmm. and get, you'll, it's great for time management. And it's also great for money management. You learn how to live on very little and you pick up other jobs at other hours to make ends meet, which is, then you're like, I can do anything if I can live off eight bucks an hour. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I had three jobs. I had a part-time job at CNN SI overnight in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And then I worked at a store called The Limited, no longer around. I worked there. You did? Oh my gosh. Limited buddies. Yes. All right. Yep. (laughs) Things we don't know about. And everything I made on clothes. Yeah. Yep, Mm -hmm. exactly. And then I also worked in a restaurant. So I just was like, you know what? I want to get in through that door. How do I make it work? And part-time was definitely the answer for me. Exactly. yeah. Okay. Take us through the rest of your job path from mm-hmm. the Texans to ending up where you are now. Yeah. What else have you done? So when I worked with the Texans, that was in 2017 and I worked with them for a couple seasons and it was really, really nice. I was able to work the Super Bowl when it was in Houston. 
So I was able to see that. And so that was cool. And they also would have um, soccer games at NRG, uh, the Gold Cup. I think it's what the Gold Cup. So I was able to work the Gold Cup. And then after that, I realized I wanted to live in L.A., just for personal reasons. I was like, I just want to live in LA. Like I do other stuff besides um, like communication, like what I do at my job. I do a lot of outside stuff as well, which is why I wanted to move to LA. Um, is that because of the theater? Yeah. Okay. It's always going to be in me. It's always going to be in me. <laughs> uh, I hope it does. I hope it stays. I hope yeah. it does. It's great. Thank you. Yes. It's very important. I feel like to um, like do things outside of work as well to keep you, keep you busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but moved out here and started working with the Chargers. I reached out to them and they said that I can work during uh, game days. I was like, okay, perfect. And as far as with the Clippers, um, I started doing that as well. And I used to work the NBA Summer League as from, or not used to, I still do. But 2017, I worked the Summer League. That was my first time. And I started meeting people through working the Summer League. And one of the guys who works at the summer league is the director of communications for the Clippers. So I was like, oh, I live in LA. Well, why don't I just reach out to him? And so I um, I reached out and I told him, like, I live in LA. If y'all need any help with anything, like, let me know. I did communications back home in Texas. Like, I would love to do it with you guys. And he told me I can. So I was able to work uh, game nights for the Clippers um, past two seasons and those were my experiences that I guess that got me this LMU job. And kind of like we, what you were mentioning, um, Celeste, was all my experiences have been part-time. They've never been full-time. And at first I'm like, I don't think anybody's going to hire me because no, I don't have any full-time experience. Like I've been working in PR for, when I, get to, I got this job in 22. So I've been working communications for... I would say probably like five years, but it, it just wasn't five years of full-time work. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, it's not full-time. They're not going to hire me. But LMU gave me a chance. They said, just talked like, about this. Yeah, they gave, they liked my resume and everything. And they gave me a chance. And even though I've never had this type of responsibility, I can learn. And that's all so, that's what I've been doing. I had they had to teach me pretty much everything because I've never wrote a, a story or anything like that. Like in college, I did, but post college, I never, never did. And I remember on my very first day, I posted. Uh, I had to write up a, an article and post it online. And I asked my boss, I'm like, "You sure? Like this is my first day? I don't." Even know. <laughs> He's like, "Just look at old ones and yeah. kind of feel and just write something up. I'll look over it and then yeah. I'll show you." how you could post on the back end of the website. I was like, okay. And on my first day, there was a story. Posted an article. Nice. So it's so refreshing (laughs) to hear. We literally, we just talked about this with our last guest about the approach women take versus men to jobs that they don't feel they're a hundred percent qualified for. Mm -hmm. And if women, there's this percentage of women, if they aren't a hundred percent qualified, they just don't apply. But men can feel like they're 60% qualified and they're like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. So good for you that you didn't even have enough time to be qualified for it really. Like, you know, you're still kind of putting it together, but that doesn't mean you can't become qualified. And I love that MLU, what they 
what, at least what I think Celeste and I are seeing in you is just this grinder mentality. Like I'll figure it out. So, you know, bring it. And I would hire that all day long over five years of experience and they're, they don't, they're not fun or they're not, you know, real personable. Like, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be myself. That's all I can do. That's the most important thing to be is authentic. Yeah. Authentic. Well, yeah. And and let's talk about your resume because I know it's very important to you, Taylor. You were talking about resumes and how important they are. What was so great about your resume that stood out? And what advice can you give others about really taking that resume seriously? My resume. Hmm. That's a good question. I would say what stood out from my resume. Um well, I'm not good at like resume writing, but of course the way you write, the way it, mm-hmm. you know, your verbiage on your resume. But I think because I was able to do a little bit of everything and I was able to dabble into um, different sports. Like when I was working with the Texans, I, you know, I mentioned I was able to work soccer games. And then um, what else did I do? Um, and like working the Super Bowl and then uh, different levels as well. So I've done mm-hmm. some stuff with professional sports and then I've done stuff with um, college sports and work also working at a high school. I didn't think my high school um, job would really, I guess, do anything because I'm like, it's not sports related, but I learned a lot. Like that was yeah. my very first job. So I learned how to work with people who are like, I guess, a lot older than me. Because at the time I was only 22 working with people who were like at the time, like 30, 40, 50. So I was the youngest person in the in the school. And so I, I think that kind of made my resume stand out. And what I advice I would give is don't leave anything out. Don't think just mm. because you, you might think it wasn't important or it was nothing. Somebody might see it and be like, oh, that's really cool that you did this. That that's a brownie point. Mm-hmm. We go put your resume up up higher because because mm-hmm. of that you know you never know but you, ne- you, you never know you never know you should you should put it all in there I want to ask you too just to, you talked about really needing to do other things in LA which is what brought you out there and there's more to you than this job where do you stand on work-life balance and when we first started the interview you were already saying you know my hours aren't traditional how how do you navigate through non-traditional hours and finding work-life balance? Um, well, it, it's, it is important to find things that you like to do, like I said earlier, like outside of work. I'll never forget one of my coworkers years ago, back when I was in Houston, um, he told me that he loved to write. But once he started working this job that we were working at, he wasn't able to write anymore. No time. Yeah. And I just told myself, I, I don't ever, I never want that to happen. Like mm-hmm. all the things that I, I that I like to do, I still want to be able to do that on top of my job. Cause kind of like, you know, the more than an athlete, like I'm more than my job. Like I just started this job in 2022. I can't stop being what I was from August 2022 prior. And I'm still going to be the same Taylor for when, you know, if I, however long I got this job. So I just think it's important to keep being you, keep doing those same things, work-life balance, because mm-hmm. work can be a lot. Yeah. You have to figure out what can be your, what can be your piece 
mm-hmm. when you when you leave work. Mm-hmm. Like, do you like to read? Do you need a rest? Do you work out? Working mm-hmm. out is important. Working out mentally and working out physically. Very true. Mm-hmm. So that's just really important to make sure you use your PTO because that's why you have it. Take the time off if you need it. Because, I mean, the jobs, you can, some people can reach a breaking point. But if you don't use that, um, you know, use your PTO or just take a step back. Like it, yeah. could, it could get bad and you don't want it to get there, you know? Well, in seasons, they're long and they're emotional. You know, they're very draining and and successful seasons, those are fun, and but they don't always happen. And so you have to find that ability to navigate through the emotional side of a sports season and mm-hmm. the emotions of the athletes and the coaches and the staff. And it's a lot, a lot's on the line once you get to the college level. And so it becomes, you know, very stressful. Yeah. So you just got to know how to manage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're talking, you are, you light up and it's so fun to see, you know, you're lighting up talking about the things you love to do. You're such a strong communicator and Amy and I come across a lot of introverts who really want to work in sports. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is a place for introverts and what advice would you have them to get into media relations and what you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say to take your time and do what's comfortable to you. Don't like if you see somebody who is a broadcaster and doing all this stuff, if that doesn't feel comfortable to you, there's other ways to to be in communicate. Like I, I'm I'm not in front of a camera ever for my job, but I still work. You are now until now. I am famous. But that's not like my day to day. So that's fine for someone who's more introverted. Um, I also would say practice. Maybe start talking to your friends more and like making eye contact. That's definitely something that's hard for people. And it's still hard for me sometimes. Like I have to catch, um, like practice making sure I'm staring at, well, not staring, because that's, that's creepy. But, uh, <laughs> Don't be creepy. You okay. know, like just making eye contact. Yes, like, so yes. To know I'm, I'm engaged, like I'm here, I'm understanding. And for some people that's hard and it's something that, but it can be worked on. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say, just practice. Maybe, um, Practice with everybody has a phone for the most part or something that they can maybe record themselves so they can uh, see what they look like mm-hmm. and how they sound. They can work on that mm-hmm. uh, and eventually build their way up to mm-hmm. doing whatever it is they want to do in communications. Well, I think a lot of times too, when you're in media relations, PR and sports, mm-hmm. the athletes, the coaching staff, you know, usually broadcasters are extroverts and a little loose lipped at times with some information, you know, media (laughs) relations, PR, it's really important to kind of have that vault aspect to Mm -hmm. you that you can build the trust you need with the athletes and the coach, especially the staff, because the staff's going to be there a lot longer, hopefully than the athletes are. And I think that's key to what you're saying and eye contact and take your time. The people you're working with need to know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. And that's part of your job, right? Is to take care of them, not put them in an interview that's going to catch them off guard or to make sure that the information you're giving to Celeste at the basketball game is accurate and that you're taking care of that athlete. So mm-hmm. I think that's 
really good advice. I'm going to ask you one last one before we let you go. And it's just a little okay. more general. That was kind of more about introverts and extroverts, but just okay. best piece of advice you've been given about your it, a career and, and working in sports, you know, what's something that you fall back on if, if the day's been tough? Um, there's a couple, one that my dad told me is like, you know, never, don't be afraid of hard work, never be afraid to work hard. Um, and also some advice would be just have fun, Mm. have fun with it. You know, like this is what we do every single day. Like you're Mm going to go to your job every day. Make it fun. I do. Like I always go into work and I'm just, I, I feel like laughter is medicine for the soul. For me, I love to laugh and make people laugh. And I'm also like, we're here eight hours a day on the weekends. Like we got to have some kind of fun. So true. So just, just make it fun and you know, it'll, it'll be all right. I like that. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Taylor Turner. Great job. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. I had a blast. Like I said, I was a little nervous, but it was, the nerves went out the window. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A story to tell, my dear. We appreciate your time. And, and I think that you're such a shining light for young girls and women in general trying to get into sports. And I think they're going to really enjoy your interview. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. Thanks, Taylor. She's just a breath of fresh air, Celeste. She's great. When I met her, I knew we had to have her on. She was fantastic. Good get. (laughs) Yes. Amy, who's our next get for episode 13 of Girl, How'd You Get That Gig? Yeah, I know. 13. Lucky number 13. Mm -hmm. Gabby Mm -hmm. DePaula. Gabby DePaula. She's the social media producer, which is going to be really fun because we just talked to Taylor a little bit about social media because she's got to kind of be the jack of all trades, right? And she's so Gabby is the social media producer at CBS Sports, but then she also is a news and sports anchor in the radio world at WBAL. So she is a double dipper, Mm -hmm. which falls right in line of kind of what what we were talking about that sometimes you got to do a couple of things until one path opens itself up to you. Exactly. Sometimes you got to do a couple things, but audience, <laughs> we only want you to do one thing and that yeah. is to remember to listen and watch yeah. our podcast. Remember where you can follow us on all the social platforms. Handle is at Girl Gig Podcast and you can listen to Girl How Do You Get That Gig on your favorite podcast app or subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's totally free. For Amy G, I'm Celeste Gehring. Until next time, go get that gig.